0: This is Altruistic, where we speak to pioneers in the race to zero and unpack the lessons from their experience for you, our community of impact professionals. I'm your host, Jamie Dujardin, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about driving impact reduction in retail. If you're in the UK, you're probably familiar with Gusto, the market-leading recipe box company that is disrupting grocery and restaurant categories with nutritious meal kits that leave the world better off. Today, we're in conversation with Hugh Lewis, Head of Sustainability at Gusto. We're going to unpack Gusto's pioneering journey to a more sustainable recipe box.
1: Hugh, welcome. Hi, great to be here.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about Gusto, your role, and uh, how you came to be
1: Head of Sustainability? Yeah, of course. So, uh, Gusto is a pioneer of the recipe box industry in the UK. We were founded uh, 10 years ago, almost exactly in 2012, with the goal to uh, minimized food waste, and we're now one of the largest recipe boxes in the country. So we have almost 2000 employees and we deliver around 8 million meals per month. And for those of you who might not be familiar with what a recipe box company is as a customer, you select which recipes you want delivered to you, the number of portions uh, and the day of delivery and the menu, which is currently 60 recipes per week changes each week so you get new variety and new things to cook your gusto box arrives containing all of the ingredients in pre portioned quantities uh, and then recipe cards for you to create your delicious home cooked meals uh, and I've been at gusto for almost three years now. Most of the time I've been heading up what we call the Proposition Strategy Team, that is essentially our innovation team, looking at how we can improve things for our customers. And sustainability has been a really important and growing part of that. And I've become more and more fascinated in sustainability generally, and also some of the biggest challenges that we face within food. I did the Business Sustainability Management course at CISL, the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership, during one of the COVID lockdowns, which opened my eyes even further. So it was an easy decision uh, for me to, to make the move into heading up the growing sustainability team at Gusto, which is where I am today. It's so interesting to hear your journey into sustainability. On the business side, why is sustainability important to Gusto? I go back to the fact that food is vital to sustainability. Food production and distribution is responsible for a lot of the negative environmental impacts, uh, as well as the future solutions. And uh, it's clearly important from a social perspective as well, with food inequality being such a significant issue worldwide. And I think all of those things mean that Sustainability needs to be important to gusto as a food business. The food sector also happens to be one of the most complex areas to tackle from a sustainability perspective. It's not an easy area to decarbonize, for instance, but that makes it an even more exciting challenge and all the more important, I think, for us to play our part in solving those problems. Sustainability and, and gusto, I mean, it's been central from the very beginning, our purpose has always been to build an amazing product with a positive impact on people and the planet. But besides that, and besides it being the right thing to do, I guess part of my job is to advocate for sustainability. And I I do believe there is a really strong business case. Things like it meeting customer demand, helping us to attract and retain the top talent, reducing risk, anticipating regulatory requirements. Lots of great stuff around fostering innovation, driving efficiency, attracting and engaging investors. I think all of those factors combine together into a business imperative for ESG being uh, central in any forward thinking business. I I totally agree. And and obviously, it's altruistic. We want to help businesses like Gusto
0: understand what that business case is. But actually, um, the thing I really loved about that is your definition of sustainability, including both the environmental side and the social side. And I think sometimes we do get a little bit too hung up in just looking at, for example, carbon emissions, but forgetting what the wider impact of our decisions are. And actually having an overall view of externalities is really what's
1: most important in this case.
0: What do you identify as the key objectives of
1: your sustainability strategy, Augusta? So we have an overarching mission for every meal to leave the the world better off, which we can rally the business around. And beneath that, we have prioritized areas which are split between people and planet. So picking up on your point that the social side features really prominently within our strategy. I won't go into those six areas in detail, but they have objectives like offer healthier choice and inspiration, help develop thriving communities, fighting food and packaging waste, safeguarding the environment. And the selection of those areas has drawn on a really wide variety of insight. So we run a materiality assessment every year, and that involves us consulting our key stakeholders, customers, investors, the board, communities, asking them what areas are important to them in the area of sustainability and also that they feel are important to Gusto, And it's interesting not just to see the overarching priority of those areas, but also how things move year on year. So carbon emissions, for instance, between 2020 and 2021 has become much more important to our stakeholders. We also run things like life cycle assessments that help us to identify the biggest areas of impact across our end-to-end value chain. So for instance, we don't use that much water at all in our operations. It's really just for floor cleaning and, and canteens, but water usage is obviously much more prevalent in the farm and distribution stages. And then there are external um, frameworks as well sasB helps us to identify sustainability and impacts that are financially material to a company in a particular sector all areas in the strategy are important to us we have targets for each of those areas there are two that have extra special focus so one of those is acting on climate change and we all need to do our bit in the face of the climate emergency and i think it was um The uh, WWF chief executive, Tanya Steele, who uh, summed it up the best by saying we are the first generation to know we're destroying the world, but we could be the last that can do anything about it. I think it has to be a priority for everyone within the food industry, given food is responsible for a quarter of all greenhouse gas emissions from human activity. And then the second big priority for us is health. So offering healthier choices and inspiration. And that's partly prompted by what we see in the UK, where the third most overweight country in the G7, three in 10 adults are obese. Poor diet contributes to an estimated 64,000 deaths every year in England alone. And putting aside the enormous impact that that has on people's health, it also places an enormous burden on the NHS here in the UK. So I think there were over a million hospital admissions where Obesity was the primary or secondary diagnosis in 2020, and that was up 17%. So Gusto has a really important role to, to play in that area. We deliver 8 million meals per month, and we have the goal of tackling the barriers to healthier eating to make it much more accessible. So helping with inspiration outside of the standard uh, repertoire of recipes that we all have. I. For one, I cook a lot more vegetarian recipes than I used to before growing up in quite a meat eating household. We also help to reduce the time and effort of scratch cooking, meal planning, shopping, and prep that is so time intensive. And also, related to cost, try to keep our service accessible to as many people as possible and that's all the more important given that processed foods are so much more cheaper on average than healthier foods i think that on average three times cheaper per calorie than healthier foods again
0: it's amazing your focus on such a variety of topics but i also love the fact that you're sort of prioritizing those topics based on a materiality assessment surveying your customers really letting your users prioritize what is most important to them from a sustainability standpoint and then being their guide on on delivering that that's really exciting and just from the the short time i've seen a bit of gusto i'm very confident that you have a data-driven approach to everything all your decisions seem to be backed up by a lot of insight so it's, it's really exciting to see that throughout the sustainability strategy in september last year you announced that gusto had gone through the process of becoming a b corp really, really rigorous process. We're also on that journey at the moment. I would absolutely love to understand why was the B Corp certification important for you guys to achieve at Gusto?
1: Yeah, I I touched a little bit upon us being founded with the purpose of tackling food waste. And if you go back to when Timo was originally thinking about different businesses that he could launch, sustainability was a really important factor in him choosing to start a business in this area. And it's been a priority ever since he saw the scale of food waste. So, food waste in the home represents 17% of UK food waste. And if you think about all of the nested emissions that have happened to produce that food and get it to that point, you can get a sense of the kind of impact that that has in terms of carbon emissions, for instance. So, by sending out pre portioned ingredients to customers, as in the Gusto model, we can reduce that 17% to, to almost zero. And on top of that, we're transforming distribution. So around 40% of food is wasted in the traditional supermarket supply and consumption model. We have a much shorter route to the customer because we don't have the retail stage. Our food waste levels in our facilities are below 1% due to the, the, the quality of forecasting that we have and also redistribution of edible food surplus to those in need. And we're also pretty nimble as a business. So when a customer orders from Gusto, they're ordering recipes, those recipes can be tweaked if there's a supply issue or a glut of a particular ingredient, rather than a much less flexible supermarket aisle, which means that when you run a comparative LCA comparing model versus the supermarket model, uh, Gusto reduces emissions by 23% for the equivalent meal bought from a supermarket store. And that obviously compounds. So an average Gusto order saves two kilos of food waste and seven kilos of CO2 emissions versus the same shop at a supermarket. And I think it's because of that purpose, it's because of that business model that B Corp was something that really resonated with us already. And we wanted to become certified uh, to hold ourselves accountable to that commitment growing in the right way for people and for planet. And in addition to that, I mean, B Corp, as you know, going for the certification yourselves is a well-respected, comprehensive, independent framework that has the momentum to become even more of a leading certification in the area. So I think when we were first looking into it uh, in earnest at the end of 2019, uh, there were about 2,750 B Corps. Uh, I think now there are over 4,500 And there are plenty of benefits besides the framework and the certification. There's the wonderful community of B Corp businesses. There are the working groups on hot topics like um, food waste and packaging and regenerative agriculture. There's also the fact that you can use the framework to inform your sustainability strategy. And really importantly, it's a fantastic way of engaging employees and also attracting New talent, so it's been a, a fantastic thing for us.
0: Absolutely great to hear. And in particular, what do you see as the biggest benefits or, or opportunities for Gusto in becoming this sustainable business and a B Corp?
1: We do know that there are direct correlations between our progress in sustainability and also our business growth. We know that our customers care about sustainability and will choose a product or a brand that is more sustainable over one that is less. And it's not just about customers in terms of perceptions, it's also regulators, it's investors. Um, So Gusto has a revolving credit facility with a bank, which is sustainability linked. And so the rate that we pay on that loan is affected by our progress against three sustainability targets. So you can see that our progress in the area is beneficial to us in, in lots of different ways with those kinds of stakeholders. It also helps us to foster innovation. So in our case, we know that customers retain better if they see, for example, less plastic in their gusto box. So reducing plastic is an area that we've made great progress in we cut plastic in our boxes by 50 percent in 2021 by uh, switching to a more sustainable packaging across a lot of our primary ingredients also launching the eco chill box which is the insulator that we have in gusto boxes which is made of recycled cardboard and keeps ingredients fresh in our boxes and The focus on sustainability also helps us to mitigate risk and drive efficiency. So with TCFD reporting coming in, we're having to surface all of those biggest climate related financial risks, Um, extreme weather events, biodiversity loss could have really devastating effects potentially on food suppliers. Uh, So it requires companies in our sector to reduce environmental impact but also work with suppliers to implement um, environmental impact mitigation and adaptation uh, strategies and then finally i think for gusto there's an interesting point about leveraging our unique advantages so i've already talked a bit about gusto's business model and how it's more sustainable than the alternative because of the reduction in food waste we're also a d2c technological food business which means that there are some unique opportunities that we have in promoting healthier diets reducing food waste lowering emissions which uh, a lot of people within the wider sector won't necessarily have so that's an exciting area for us
0: yeah definitely it, it's amazing to see Gusto innovating and, and and getting ahead in this space com- compared to so many businesses and, and and just stepping back in time a little we'd love to know sort of how Gusto's thinking about sustainability has evolved from your early wins in the sustainability space and and, and where your thinking is today.
1: Yeah, I think in our early days as a startup, we were very much focused on getting the foundations right and scaling, knowing that our business model was more sustainable than the alternative because it reduces food waste and food waste is a really important contributor in, in greenhouse gas emissions. Since then, Once we had more momentum and investment in the business, we have focused on targets in areas that we know are particularly important to stakeholders. So for instance, our pledge to cut plastic packaging by 50%. And now I guess we're in the third stage really of taking a much broader view of our impact, identifying areas of largest impact by improving our data and monitoring and really targeting progress in those um, which you can see in our broad sustainability strategy. It, it, it makes an absolute ton of sense. And, and
0: actually, it's something we're seeing mirrored across industries we work with. We, we actually spoke to Ishita Kabra who's the CEO of Biorotation, uh, a rental fashion platform. And fundamentally, right now, just the rental model is so much more sustainable than other models that exist on the market. That just scaling is the, the most beneficial thing that they can be focusing on. And then w- when the momentum is with them then that is the moment where they can start to go, how do we make rental more sustainable and really work on the, the big transformative changes? We'd love to move into discussing next steps and Gusto's ambitions for sustainability um, and particularly how you're measuring your impact today and how you want to change that into the future. So how were you measuring your sustainability impact Party using Altruistic? And then what challenges did you face with that that meant that you wanted to look into a software solution?
1: Yeah. so. We were measuring our impact um, effectively via a spreadsheet, environmental management system, just for scopes one and two. And we were using consultants also ad hoc as part of that. It was very time consuming to collect data and that data itself was incomplete. It didn't cover all of the scopes. It was also only refreshed once a year and we weren't able to scale to include lots of primary data we were just using emissions average emission factors and also as a food business carbon is just one piece of the puzzle there are lots of other really important environmental impacts beyond carbon and we wanted longer term to include those in order to get a bit more of a balanced view of our impact and Uh, make better decisions as a consequence so all of that kind of led us to investigate alternative ways of doing things which started off the the story with with altruistic
0: and it, it's a very common story we hear, right, is people doing this in spreadsheets and, and finding that they might be doing it, you know, inconsistently over time, or it just becomes really unwieldy and the spreadsheet is almost unopenable. And so I think it's a an interesting journey in sort of measuring maturity that is really exciting. In particular, what made you think about going for sort of a software as a service solution um, rather than going down the consulting route or another route there?
1: Cost was definitely a factor, so it's less expensive when you factor in the consultant fees that we were paying and also the time that we were spending internally. Scalability was a really important one. Scope 3 is massively important for us. It's more than 99% of our associated footprint, and we needed a model that could incorporate that. We also needed to incorporate those other factors beyond carbon. And that brings with it more complexity and incorporation of primary data. So we needed to move beyond averages and that requires building processes to manage the complexity of creating a more accurate picture of your supply chain and then visibility. So at the time that we were doing it manually, we were obviously only doing it once a year and impact management or measurement in the future can't be static. It needs to be as close to real time as you can get to help with decision making and course correction on particular initiatives. And I think the final thing was just around efficiency. So all of that data being available in real time leads to better identification of initiatives and also optimization of those initiatives. It helps us to allocate resource better. It means that external reporting is easier on an ongoing basis. So we've seen a huge amount of benefits from moving to a SaaS uh, platform. I guess that was really
0: focused on the measurement side of understanding your impact, but we'd love to know as well how you're thinking uh, software could support in terms of management of
1: your impact over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, so I think it's partly about the quality of the data and it's also about how that data flows between the platform and our business. So making the data more accurate in terms of inputs, collecting information from suppliers in order to move those average factors up or down and get a more accurate picture of our supply chain, but also making sure that we're collecting that data through integrations in order to make it more up to date and it can be expressed in ways that are meaningful to us as a business. So we have our impact breakdown in terms of recipes, uh, and that will help with menu planning, recipe development, but also what information potentially we display to our customers in the future. We can also take emissions information back into our business for more strategic uses, say things like setting KPIs or creating tools from
0: all of what we're hearing you like Gusto's obviously pioneering I think in this space in terms of driving sustainable practices in the UK food industry. So we'd absolutely love to hear what are your plans for this year? What are your plans for the next 18-24 months?
1: Decarbonisation is is a big focus for us this year when it comes to reducing emissions. There are two areas that are by far and away the most important for reducing Gusto's Emissions intensity, and both of those sit mainly in in scope three. So dietary switching is hugely important. Also decarbonization of farming methods. This year we're developing a decarbonization plan and we're putting the foundations in place to support progress in that area. So we're getting more accurate data. We're surveying our suppliers to get a better understanding of our supply chain's footprint. We're also building data integration so that we can better use sustainability data in our decision making and surface it to customers and make it much more real time. And then we're trialing some exciting pioneering things, so carbon pricing for business cases, how we can incorporate the environmental impact externalities into cases for initiatives, we're also looking at things like insetting in our supply chain to help our suppliers Mm -hmm. make their practices more sustainable, as well as obviously improving our footprint. And we're also beginning to measure and monitor our environmental impact beyond carbon. So looking at pollution and water use and biodiversity. We've got exciting plans in the area of health, so we're pushing forward with the representation of healthier recipes on our menu currently at least two of your five a day and a third of recipes on the menu are healthy in our definition so we're going to be pushing forward with each of those areas as
0: well Not a short list you've got there but what i I love about that in particular from the environment side is it's it's amazing to hear that you're really thinking about the whole value chain There, there are pieces there around engaging your suppliers pieces around engaging your employees in decision making with the carbon pricing and so on, and then pieces around engaging your customers. And so you're really taking that holistic view of how to decarbonize a business like Gusto. In terms of like next steps on that then, what what does success look like for Gusto and how are you gonna measure that?
1: So in very broad terms, it's getting closer to our vision of every meal leaves the world better off. When it comes to an area like decarbonisation, success is about reducing our carbon intensity as we grow, aligned to the one and a half degree pathway set at the Paris Agreement to reach net zero by 2050 in line with the advice from SBTI. So that's where we're going to be placing our bets and our focus. over the the coming years
0: based on your journey so far what are your top three pieces of advice that you'd offer to other businesses like Gusto that are embarking on their sustainability journey
1: one would be around embracing the learning and being open to new opportunities and new information I mean one thing that has really taken me by surprise less so now but Uh, certainly initially, is the speed of change in the area and the amount of new companies that are emerging and the, the fact that what is true today won't necessarily be true tomorrow and the importance of challenging any assumptions that you have and running trials and MVPs in order to learn. I think you can't underestimate the value of that given where we are in sustainability and at the stage of maturity that we are in a lot of these areas. A second one would be feel like you have a mountain to climb, but to try not to be paralyzed by that. One of the things that we try to do is as much as possible, kind of create roadmaps in different areas. And I think that's so important um, in seeing each stage as an important step towards uh, your destination. and helps you realize that any start is better than no start at all. <laughs> and then I think maybe the third area would be about seeking balance and support. I think it requires a lot of resilience when you see the road ahead and the amount of things that we can do. So I would recommend finding ways to de-stress and recharge. We need to avoid ESG burnout and remember that we're all in it together. <laughs> yeah, it's- Really
0: interesting to hear, if I were to take away something from this conversation uh, from my side, like just how holistically Gusto thinks about sustainability, whether that's like the joint view on impact on planet and people, whether that's from the suppliers through to customers and the impacts that are throughout the value chain, or whether that's like thinking about the impacts of thinking about sustainability and ESG burnout. It's really exciting to see a company embedding it into its vision and strategy. Hugh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. It's it's been an absolute pleasure from my side. And it's so exciting to hear about Gusto's trailblazing approach to sustainability. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of This Is Altruistic. Do get in touch if you're on a journey to understanding your business's environmental impact. The notes from this episode are available in the show notes below. And you can also find more episodes of This Is Altruistic podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.